See, we're not messing around anymore. We're not in the studio of the car. We're not $25 mic in it. <laughs> it's all for the listeners' benefit. Well, what year is this again? Four. Holy smokes. Do you have an idea of the number of episodes now? Yeah, 195, which means I'm creeping ever closer to that magic 200, and I need to figure out what I'm going to do for that. Boy, that's a great 200 or something. Eat 200 M&Ms in one sitting. For audio? Two hundred something. M and M's not that much. What would it be? Oh, who knows? Hot dogs. I'll win that hot dog contest. That that's how I really become American, you see. Oh, I didn't tell you this. Or oh, maybe chestnut? I did. No, I haven't told you. I'm doing my citizenship thing now. What? Tell me about this. I don't know if you want to record it, but you know, well, this could be part of the recording. Do you want to be tested to see if you could pass the set test? Yeah, let's go. I am third generation US of A. All right, third generation US of A. Can you pass your citizenship test? And everyone here who's listening can play along with us as we play the classic game of Are You More American Than an Englishman? <laughs> All right, so essentially the backstory on this is I have applied for my citizenship and uh, I get have my interviews in September 11th, which feels an ominous date of an American history date, yeah. but I'm studying up. I've got 100 questions in my study guide. What will happen in my interview is I'll be asked 10 of these questions. There could be 10 of, 10 of the 100, and then I have to get six of them correct. The idea of self-government is in the first three words of the Constitution. What are the first three words of the Constitution? We the people. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. Congratulations. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. You get one of one. You're that much closer to Let's becoming go. an Bring American. Let's go. Let's go. What is the freedom of religion? The freedom of, for you to be able to follow the faith, whatever that religion is. You got it. Yeah, that's it. You can practice any religion or not practice a there religion. There you go. So you're two of two. You got to name one branch of the government. Oh come on, really? Just one? The Just executive one. branch. You got it. I'll give you a tricky one. The House of Representatives has how many voting members? Oh, I don't know. Three fifteen. Four hundred and thirty-five. Okay, I'm starting to sweat now. Honestly, I think these are the kind of questions I'll sweat. I have to try to remember the numbers That's if crazy. I get those. The number ones are hard. I don't know if this is good listening for anyone. No. It's entertaining for me. What is one responsibility that is only for United States citizens? The right to vote. You got it. What's the other one? There's only two. So once I become a citizen, what can I do? I can vote and... Drink. Serve on a jury. Drink? I can definitely drink. Can you imagine if that was a case that a non-citizen wasn't allowed to purchase alcohol? But you know what should be added to that is the one I'm really aiming for. Apply for the uh, Amazing Race. There you go. Right. What is one thing Benjamin Franklin is famous for? Well, there's always the old kite with electricity, right? And the key on the... Yeah, it's not on this. He was a US diplomat. He was the first postmaster general. 
of the United well, States. Going goose eggs on this. He was the writer of Poor Richard's Almanac. Okay. And then the last one was the oldest member of the Constitutional Convention. I can't tell you if you got that right or wrong, so I'm going to guess it as a wrong. I I agree with you. Two more. You've got to get one of these next ones right. Otherwise, you're out. I don't know if that happens. I got it. I think that should happen, to be honest. All Americans should have to take the test once they hit a certain age. Name one war fought by the United States in the 1800s. The War of 1812. You're sticking in this country. You're here. The other ones were the Mexican-American War, the Civil War, and the Spanish-American War. All right. Name one of the two longest rivers in the United States. The Mississippi. Yeah, and what's the other one? I'm going to guess the Columbia. You're wrong. Missouri. Missouri. Anyway, you passed. You are still allowed in the country. That's all scary. Continue to to interact with me on a regular basis. When are you doing this again? September the 11th. So I told people at work, I'm going to keep bringing these questions around. I carry them with me. I have to. I'm going to keep questioning people because it helped me to learn by questioning others. I do have jury duty on September 11th. Just so you know. What you have jury duty the day that I'm getting yeah, my. We're both doing our civic responsibility. Wow! How many times have you done that? Believe it or not, I am 66 years old. I've only been called once. Unbelievably, I've been in this country. For 15 years. So essentially, I'm a 15 year old child, really, of America. I've been called four times. What? But you're not even a citizen. I know. I get called, and then I have the little form, yeah. and I say, like, if for any reason you can't do it, and then I say, there's a checklist thing that says, not a citizen. I check it, I send the mail back, I get one back saying, okay. All right, let's get on to the real meat of this, which is the purpose we jumped on in the first place. You have a topic for me on today's podcast, and as I believe it to be, it's all about names. So as a reminder, your name is, sorry, <laughs> classic name-based joke, Rich Keegan, Rich Tiberius Keegan, I believe that's your middle name. Tell me specifically what, more specifically about names it is, and then we will discuss these such things. Well, I mean, using people's names and learning people's names is pretty basic to life in general any sort of connection where you want with other people. But it, it sounds easy, but it's not necessarily that easy depending on the size of the group, your ability to remember people's names. And I've been caught more in a few jams and um, about mispronouncing people's names or forgetting people's names. So I think it's really basic, but it is an important skill. And I think it's worth talking about, sharing some stories about. Do you, Rich Keegan, are you a fan or do you use name games? Do you use the activities or you just or you do you tend to skip them? What's what's your thoughts on the general idea of the process by which you learn names? Yeah, my general thought is if the group is 10 or less, especially if they're they're an intact group, so I'm the only new person, I just try and learn their names one at a time, you know, like previous says on the training for 2 days and there were seven people. So I didn't do any name games unless they asked for them because they needed them to facilitate with other groups. And I just try and learn their names as I go along. I'm also, I, I think I'm pretty transparent with uh, larger groups in that of letting them know I'm not good with names and I need help with names and I'm going to make a mistake with names. And I think that that's worked pretty well as well. So I'm somewhat vulnerable about, Hey, please correct me if I say your name wrong or just let me know if I'm, if I've completely missed your name. 
Yeah, I'm going to put myself out on out there a little bit and say I, I kind of dislike name games. I've thought about it from the perspective of the participant and also for me as the facilitator. As the participant, I've tended to be like, yeah, is that that helpful? You know, especially when I knew most of the people's names, I kind of was like, this kind of, what's the point of doing this? Um, I often found it a little bizarre that I was like having to do names with groups I already knew. The, from the facilitator perspective, I think it's easier for me to learn names if I actually just attend to each other, each person anyway, and learn their names in small groups. If I'm doing a direct service program and there's a lot of people, I tell you the best way I've figured out to learn names is when they're about to climb. Like they come up to, as you're clipping them in and tying them in, remind me your name real quick. And then you say it a bunch as they go up and then you suddenly know their names. So on a ropes course, I think that probably better served getting them climbing. Then, then doing activities if the purpose is you want to try to learn the names because I think sometimes just one of those like cart before the horse kind of scenarios people think well I can't get people climbing until I know their names right. because I need to be able to communicate them when they're in the air but my thought is well it's actually when they're getting doing the climbing and getting in the air that I actually tend to remember their names anyway yeah, same with so me. Might, might as well just get them up to the climbing part don't worry about the names and putting harnesses on but when they come up to you one by one just before they climb on the ladder, you clip them in, do their inspection, just say, hey, what's your name again? Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I had larger groups when I was facilitating a public school as a PE teacher. That that Those names were a lot more challenging. And an example mm-hmm. of being an elementary adventure PE teacher, you have about 300 kids per semester. So it's, it's really a lot. But I'm, I've been well known to ask, hey, what's that person's name? I'll ask another kid for the kids mm. for that person's name. If I've completely forgotten and they're always going to correct me. And it's a rare time when I've somebody, <laughs> I mean, I've had once or twice where somebody told me their completely wrong name and use it. And it was just kind of like a prank on their part, which mm-hmm. I didn't quite appreciate, but you know, yeah, overall, I think that's a pretty good strategy of just asking happens. people, somebody else on the ground or somebody else. Who, hey, what's that person's name again? And to help out with that. So, I mean, yeah, especially if you've got in the habit of you've asked them a few times themselves and you can't remember, then asking somebody else, hey, what's their name? Yeah, people, yeah. people will more likely bail you out in that case. And I think that that's, that's an important thing for the facilitator perspective. It's like, I do think it's an important thing to make sure you know people's names, but I don't necessarily Absolutely. think it needs to be like, this is the moment at which you do it. And I think you can do it, I think you can do it later in the program. I'm trying to even think about what might be the purpose of the name games. It was just, I remember when I was taught them, it was just, this is the way it's done. Yeah. And you would do all these name games. Yeah. And I always felt that was like the lowest tone set, you know, especially yeah. when it came in early into a program, oh, yeah. like that's the first thing you do. First hour, right. Yeah. It's just like, it was like a, not a great tone set. And slowly and slowly, I do far less of them. I teach less of them now. Yep. Same here. I used to do all the bumpity bump bump and all of yep. the... Yeah, name group juggle and all, all these kind of things. And I've kind of slowly reduced them from my repertoire. The only one I would actually say that I use still relatively frequently is me, you, you, me. Yeah. But I use it as a lead into the high five me, high five you. Right. Problem solving. And I actually do think of any of the activities as the one that I find most helpful to learn names. Once again, it's thinking about the goal rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. Exactly. If the group is new to each other and they need to learn names, then that becomes a different priority. I'm going to do right. this for the benefit of them, not the benefit of me. And that might change up the, the idea. But still, I would lean towards an activity that actually teaches people names, not just uses the names. Right. Because I think there are some games that the name is just the uh, the thing that gets used, but it's not the thing that gets learned, gets taught to anyone else. 
It's like, oh, I'm going to say my name. Like an, an example is I call it you, where you're just like yelling names. Mm-hmm. Like I will say Rich, and then you'll look at me and go Phil, and then we'll swap places. Yeah, and then you start uh, doing more and more of that. I think that's that would be an example. I think of using your name. Yep. But not necessarily learning names, because exactly. it gets to a point where it's just so loud. No one's actually attending to many people's names. I you might learn a couple, but I don't. I think that that's sometimes the the thought around it. Have you ever had a chance, Pete, where you uh, you've just let somebody call you a name, but it wasn't your name, but it was too embarrassing at that point because you let it go on too long? This is a a pet peeve of mine is when people call me Philip. Yeah. Oh, Amelia, that is my name. That's my legal name, but no one calls me it. And so when I hear someone, I'll say, "Hi, oh, my name is Phil," and then at some point they'll say, "Hey, Philip." I'm like, "What?" For me, that ends up being disrespectful. It's like, you got my name, but like that's not the name I told you I wanted to be called. Yeah, one school I was got introduced to a whole class as like, okay, so this is Philip Brown, the kayaking guy. That was what the, not only could they get my name incorrect, but they got my profession wrong too. So <laughs> that's not a great start to a program. And I had to immediately say, well, my name is Phil and I don't do any kayaking. So let's get on with the program. <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, you really took a stretch on the intro of me. When you work, present at conferences, how mm-hmm. do you feel about someone else introducing you? I kind of like to do it myself. I'm okay with somebody else introducing me as well, but I find that oftentimes they don't get it quite right. I think next time we should uh, introduce our, each other for uh, like the High Five Symposium <laughs> and embellish each other in some way. Coming to you now is... Guinness World Record holder for holding their breath. Mess up my first name, right? Richard Tiberius Keegan. Yeah. As I like to call him, Tibbs. (laughs) This is a funny name-based story for you, um, where my name got introduced incorrectly. So I used to do track and field, Mm. and I was running a 400 meters, and I got round to the state finals. So it was a big deal. There was like a stand with lots of people watching, and it was official. They made it like they had like uh, people with microphones and they came mm. around and before they announced us at our blocks, they asked for each of our names. So they'd go yeah. lane by lane yeah. and then they announced it over the speakers and in lane number one, hailing from blah, blah, blah. We have like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, they came to me and evidently when I told this person my name, they misheard me. So yeah. I said, my name is Phil Brown and they wrote down whatever. And I've got all my friends in the back and my family and stuff like listening and they go in lane number five we have mr p brain oh my god so then everyone laugh laughs at mr oh, p oh brain then i did not do well in that because i was so flustered because i just heard my name get wrong and i'm looking around out in the blocks like oh, you kidding me no that's not my name and, and then you hear like the starter gun go off and you're like oh. what i'm not really prepared I've had the unique experience of trying to be a stadium announcer for high school sporting events. One point I was assistant athletic director at high school. And boy, you talk about people yelling at you saying they're when the parents are seated in the stands in front of you and making a mistake on somebody's name. It's like you have five voices. Oh, he's got Pete right at this. So yeah, I think we've covered quite a lot of stuff on names. Anything else to add on uh, the world of names? Best if you can get them right. If you can, apologize and move on from there right paul absolutely uh ross okay so uh thanks to mr tibbs as i like to call him tibbs keegan for joining us on the podcast if you have a question that you'd like us to answer then you can email 
podcast at highfiveadventure.org. That's podcast at H-I-G-H, the number five adventure.org. Or you can go on to Instagram at Vertical Playpen and send me a direct message there. And I will do my best to answer your question over there or here on the podcast in a future episode. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>